Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, we welcome a special guest pastor, Reverend Bethany Pierbolt, with a sermon titled Dream Small, scripture coming from Genesis 24, 10 through 28, and Luke 19, 1 through 10, read by Mark Ewing, Scott Lucia, and Tracy Silver. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed, taking all kinds of choice gifts from his master. And he set out and went to Aram Nahraim, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. It was toward evening, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. I am standing here by the spring of water and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say, please offer your jar that I may drink. And who shall say, drink and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Before he had finished speaking, there was Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very fair to look upon, a virgin whom no man had known. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me sip a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels and said, Tell me who daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of straw and fodder and a place to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the way to the house of my master's kin. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Our second scripture is from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. 
So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. As we continue worship today, we continue by uh, praying with one another, uh, carrying each other's burdens through prayer. And so we do this a couple different ways, and sometimes we do it with prayer requests, and that's what we're going to do today. Does anybody have any prayer requests uh, that they would like to share? It always starts out like this, kind of like at youth group when you ask a question, everybody's silent. Then once somebody says something, then it all pops up, so... But if there isn't anything today, that's okay also. Laura. Yeah, we're expecting, we're expecting a big service on Friday for a child uh, that was almost three years old, Mason Myers, and so we pray for the Myers family today. I saw another one. Janet. For those suffering from the heat that we're having, 
the vulnerable people that experience that? What else? I think I, I'll add on here the Sturdivant family as we had a memorial service for Helen yesterday. Uh, Helen was, they were going to have her 100th birthday party today actually. And so, um, and she passed away a couple weeks ago. So prayers for that family. Would you join me in prayer? God, we come to you today with many things on our hearts and minds, whether it's celebration and joy from our week and our experiences or sadness and grief. Maybe we're just in a malaise. God, we come to you today no matter where we are, knowing that you fully love us just as we are. We pray for the world and the ways in which we are uh, divided from one another, that we are violent towards one another, for the wars happening in the world, that there may be peace, for the ways in which we uh, oppress others, the ways in which we treat the other as someone different, maybe even non-human. We pray that the Spirit will continue to cultivate a spirit of loving people for their humanity. God, we pray that uh, for our country in ways in which we are divided, that we learn to build bridges together rather than walls against one another, that we may find ways to truly be a, a light on a hill, that the church would be a place to show others how we can live together even when we disagree. God, we pray for our own uh, community here in Colorado and Castle Rock, the ways in which New Hope can make a difference in our own community here, that we may look out for those who have no one to look after them. May we find ways to improve people's lives, that we can be truly the hands and feet of Jesus here and now. We pray for our congregation and the ways in which those that are among us and not with us today are dealing with sicknesses, disease, hurt, Sicknesses that we can't see, mental illness, the ways in which we have our battles inside of us. God, may you continue to make us a people that are empathetic towards one another. We pray for those in our congregation who are celebrating today the joys in their life, whether it's new births or a new job. God, we lift these prayer requests up to you. We also thank particularly for uh, families today who are grieving, who are experiencing the absence of a loved one. For the Sturdivant family, as they said goodbye to Helen and celebrated her life yesterday. We pray for the Myers family as they are grieving the loss of Mason. We pray for strength, courage, healing, comfort this week as they prepare for the memorial service on Friday. We pray for those around the world in our community and in our country who are suffering from the current heat wave. May we find ways to help those who are in danger. Even here in Castle Rock. 
God, we lift up these prayer requests to you, whether they were the ones we have said and the ones left unsaid that still are on our hearts. We give those to you today. And we join together with the words that you taught us so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this moment, we worship by offering ourselves to God, whether that's something tangible in the offering plate or intangible of giving our time and energy to the kingdom of God, we offer ourselves to God now. of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, vapor in the wind, still you. You catch me when I'm falling And you told me who I am I'm yours I'm yours Who am I That the eyes that see my sin Will look on me with love Watch me rise again Who am I That the voice that calmed the sea Will call out through the rain And calm the storm in me Not because of who I am But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done but because of who you are I am a flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow A wave tossed in the ocean Vapor in the wind Still you hear me when I'm falling But you catch me when I'm falling And you told me who I am I'm 
Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, vapor in the wind still you. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I am. I'm yours. I am yours. Thank you so much for giving me uh, a warm welcome. It's always a joy for me to join uh, a new place for worship. I actually just moved to Denver in December. I lived my whole life in Michigan. Uh, I am here now. I am one of the new worshiping community leaders in the Denver Incubator. My ministry is completely online. Uh, so all of you that are at home and online, you're my people. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the comforts from your home. I totally get it. In my ministry, we've been talking this summer about some of the mistruths that we hear in uh, the Old Testament, things that we think we know, like God is super mean, or that the Old Testament is hyper-violent, um, and some of those stories I think we wisely save from our children until they're a little bit older, but when we find a story that we can tell our kids, we sometimes go overboard, and Zacchaeus is one of those stories. Uh, I think every children's Bible I've ever picked up has the story of Zacchaeus in it. We have songs about it. We all know Zacchaeus, a wee little old man. Poor Zacchaeus. Uh, that's, that's his legacy for us. I've seen cartoons. I've seen coloring books. I've even walked past a Zacchaeus plush toy at a store. We go crazy when we find a story that we can tell our kids. The problem, though, is that we can begin to think that this is a children's story, and as adults, we can overlook it. However, in my adult experience, reading this story, there are some underlying problems that escape us as we're children. For one, when was the last time you climbed a tree? No tree climbers this week. For a kid, that's any random Tuesday, right? But this is not something normal for a, a rich man to be doing. Uh, and Zacchaeus wants so badly to get a glimpse of Jesus that he is willing to stretch his tendons and uh, go through those bone cracks, going past any recent ability so that he could get a glimpse of Jesus's head as he walks by. And a glimpse is all that Zacchaeus was expecting when he climbed that tree. It was worth every effort, every risk to see the top of Jesus's head. 
Zacchaeus would have been thrilled with that outcome. It would have been a story that he could have told his kids and his grandkids and his neighbors for the rest of his life about the day that he saw Jesus' hair. Then comes the next part as uh, an adult, I think is even more astonishing. When Jesus stops at the foot of that tree, he says, I'm coming over for dinner. I don't know about you, but I need at least 24 hours notice. If anyone's coming over, I need to make sure I have all the best ingredients for my most impressive recipes, scotch, wine, whatever the person's going to need. I need to make sure everything's clean. Every corner has been scrubbed. But here, Jesus stops and invites himself over. And Zacchaeus says, yeah. And then my brain would go to, how am I getting out of this tree? (laughs) None of those fears seem to phase Zacchaeus. He doesn't even flinch when people around him start to mutter about how he's not worthy. Somehow Zacchaeus can listen to Jesus' voice louder than any other voice around him. All these naysayers that are begging for their attention, he doesn't give them a moment. He ignores the excuses, refuses to say no to Jesus, and instead says yes in the face of fear. As an adult, the story of Zacchaeus shines a light on two things that I think we can take home with us. One is to set achievable expectations, and two, to be ready to say yes when the big opportunities arrive. Zacchaeus set an achievable goal. Jesus is coming to town. He just wants to see Jesus, to see this man that people have talked so much about, the miracles that he has done. He just wants to put a face to the name. There was a possibility that Zacchaeus would fail that he would have to go home and say, I couldn't get through the, get through the crowd. I, I wasn't able to see Jesus. The, the crowd kept me away. Failure was a very real option. But he went out to reach this achievable goal anyway. And that tenacity to try in the face of failure could be the reason why Zacchaeus was ready to say yes. Zacchaeus probably wasn't ready in the way that I would want to be ready, especially if Jesus is coming over. Zacchaeus's readiness was he wasn't going to let fear steal a blessing that God was giving to him. Just because he thought, maybe, not quite ready, he didn't let fear take that away from him when God says, you're ready. Expectations and ignoring fears comes up a lot in one of my favorite TV shows. Anybody else uh, Shark uh, Tank fans? Yeah. Shark Tank is to me as QVC is to my grandmother. I buy everything that goes on that show. If you haven't seen Shark Tank, what it is is there are uh, five or six different multi-billionaires who are uh, wanting to invest in companies and products that could get them more money. 
and the entrepreneurs come before them and they give their case. They present what they are going to do. Sometimes they invest, sometimes they say they're out, sometimes multiple sharks say, we want to make a deal with you. If you know this uh, show, you also know that the center chair is always Mr. Wonderful. Now, Mr. Wonderful has a large portfolio. He has invested in just about every product, every industry. He has companies and uh, techs, uh, tech and uh, dog food and just about anything. So he knows a little bit about everything and so everyone would love to make a deal with Mr. Wonderful. With all his different investments, he often does research throughout his portfolio of all the different companies to see how they're performing. And uh, in 2016, Mr. Wonderful noticed something as he was going and meeting with the entrepreneurs, with their boards, uh, with their representatives. He noticed that in the top performing companies, there was always at least one woman on their board of executives. Mr. Wonderful, being uh, who he is and wanting to coach all of his other teams, wanted to understand why this female-led aspect was contributing to success. After further assessments, what they found was that in the investments of the companies that had at least one female founder performed 63% better than the investments in companies of all male-led teams. As they dug deeper, they found that the key to their success was setting achievable goals. The companies that performed the best were the companies that set goals step by step, things that they knew their group, their employees could reach. The underperforming companies would, would set goals as well, but they'd set these shoot for the farthest star kind of goals. They wanted to motivate their team to, to work harder and hustle faster, and it would work for the first quarter. Then, since they did so great, the second, the third quarters would be a little bit less, and then that fourth quarter would be nothing but mayhem as they struggled to try to meet that goal they were on track to meet in the first quarter. This led to uh, high turnover, they weren't attracting the talent that they wanted, and they were having very low morale in their teams. The companies that set achievable goals were reaching their goals, but sometimes in the first quarter. Their yearly goals would be met, they would have a huge celebration, and they'd set something new. These employees would have multiple wins throughout the year, Step by step, they would see and meet these goals, sometimes reaching far beyond what the other groups were even imagining that they could reach in a year. This built morale, attracted better talent, retained their valuable leaders. They felt that their work was fulfilling. Now, Mr. Wonderful coaches all of his businesses to set achievable goals. It doesn't mean easy goals, goals that are possible to fail at, like climbing a tree. But when you get there, that win can power you through the next set of goals. 
So achievable goals is one thing that Zacchaeus shows us very clearly how that works in our lives. And the next thing about not fearing to say yes is another option that comes up in the Shark Tank a lot. There was an entrepreneur, um, I think about two seasons ago, who was pitching a new kind of deodorant. And she was talking about all the harmful chemicals in the deodorant that we wear and how she had had this huge journey of trying natural products that didn't work, didn't actually deodorize anything. And then she talked about her formula. She had all of her numbers in place. I've watched all these episodes. I thought for sure the sharks were going to say yes to this. She had good sales. She knew what she wanted to do with the investment. She was on with every answer she gave. And yet, one by one, the sharks went out. Then, <clears throat> as one shark was still interested, she mentioned that how an hour before that taping, she was actually on a hike at Griffith's Observatory Park, and that she got a phone call in the middle of the woods from the producers saying that someone else hadn't shown up to do their pitch, and then if she was ready, she could come in and give her pitch today. The athletic clothes that she was wearing was not a choice because of her deodorant. It was what she put on that morning when she thought she was going for a hike. After she told this story, a couple other sharks started whispering on the edges, and you could see their eyes start to glitter. The realization that she was willing to say yes to an opportunity that did not come at the right moment was all it took for these sharks to want to invest in her and her, her deodorant. And because she was on a hike, it proved that the deodor deodorant worked. Um, so fear is very good at pointing out to us the ways that we can fail. Fear will convince us that we're not ready or worthy for the blessings that God is placing before us. But Zacchaeus shows us that if we are willing to put the effort into those achievable goals, God will meet us with amazing opportunities. Now this isn't advising you to go home and burn your vision boards, but find those steps. Make it adaptable to find the ways that you can have successes along the way. Those wins will catapult you through far more than you can imagine. And for those who are willing to climb to the top of a tree for just a glimpse of God's glory, will find themselves being offered opportunities far beyond what they imagined while they were still on the ground. God honors those who are content with a glimpse with even more. Setting achievable goals, saying yes in the face of our fears. May we allow Zacchaeus to inspire us this week and in the weeks to come. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, 
May you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.